the been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. I'm not gonna lie, there was a lot of kids there, but I felt totally confident in going in there. Cause like, no, this came out like as I was being born. I'm like, I'm gonna find how this freaking story ends, even if I'm being forced to watch the fourth movie in yep. theaters. I don't care. You can't be because it's it's a totally different vibe for like Lego movie. It's right. like, oh, I just really want to watch this. You know, it's like, oh, you're watching it. It's like, no, no. I grew up on Toy Story. Hello and welcome to Inconceivable. I'm William and with me today I have Alex and Gordon. Hello. Hi. We are fresh off the theaters from seeing Toy Story 4. Yes, a fourth one. Uh, we were just looking up and the first one was in 95. Yeah. Which is hard to believe. Mm -hmm. Easily makes it the um, the longest running um, CGI um, theatrical movie series um, because Toy Story was the first. So <laughs> no competition there. Yeah. Um, I think next would be Shrek, especially as they're looking to remake Shrek of all things. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Shrek has more movies, but it was over a shorter time span. Yeah. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about Toy Story is that you said the second one came out in 1999. Yeah. So it was four movies for the first span, and then three didn't come out until... 2010. Was it that long ago? Was it 2010? Yep. Wow. Oh, ouch. That was nine years ago? Yeah, I can't believe it. Wow. I remember when it was coming out, and we're all just like, wow, this is the end. This is the end of Toy Story. Yeah. I mean, Pixar has really slowed down in recent years, haven't they? Yeah, because like well, I think they got too crazy, and then they they noticed the first downswing of their entire company. They used, used to be literally flawless with mm -hmm. their movies, where every single one was a freaking like, record breaker. Right. You know? And then they were starting to go downhill, though, they, right? They kind of lost their way with Brave and Cars 2. No. Cars well, 2. Well, no. Brave wasn't, Brave wasn't Pixar. Oh, it was Brave Pixar? Yep, it was. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say that that was that their downfall. I think their downfall was Cars 2. Well, the, uh, Cars 2 so, came out before Brave, though. I know. I think Brave was one of their kind of better movies coming back into it, but people were still kind of turned off from Pixar that it didn't kind of really matter. I think it was doing well with the trailers, and then the actual story was a little bit lackluster. Because Pixar is really known for their stellar animation and mm -hmm. excellent story, and their animation was through the roof on Brave, but the mm -hmm. story was somewhat lacking. Mm. Speaking of which, crazy good on this movie being the animation. Mm. Um, yeah, it's kind of really fascinating watching Toy Story grow as far as animation goes, especially when you're dealing with toys. So it's like, it almost seems less impressive to make them like super high def because you got things like plastic or whatnot. Yeah. But honestly, like, I, like I, I have to say I'm wrong. Like they've done so many details and everything. One of the things that I noticed that was really impressive is that on uh, Bo Peep's cape, mm -hmm. she had some like like little like loose like frayed like stuff that you normally see from like old frayed fabric. Yeah, like pilling or something. Yeah. yeah. I was like, holy crap, like it, it like I totally believe like that looks real. Like that just you know um Or the texture of Gabby's hair. Yeah. Just like it's crazy how they've really evolved. I also feel like they've kinda got they've had a shift 
in their how they do their like human characters mm. over the years. Yeah, well, they they've reanimated Andy for the flashbacks. It yeah, was pretty different. He doesn't look as creepy, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm kind of thrown off by him not looking creepy. If that makes sense. I want to say I could be wrong, but I want to say the first time they've adopted this new look of humans was Inside Out, and I think ever then has been okay. pretty consistent. Yeah, I could be wrong, but um, now. The reason why I say that is because now whenever I see a Pixar movie with humans, I always think that looks like Inside Out. Gotcha. You know? Um, no, well, are they what about Up, though? Not Up. Um, well, I mean, Toy Story 3 could have also been technically the first one, depending on... I have to go back and see, but I think actually technically Toy Story 3 would have been the first one. What about Wally? Wally? I mean, they were too fat to recognize, but... Yeah. And Wally came out before Toy Story 3, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Year so, before. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think that was still older. I think that was them toying <laughs> with new ideas um, with how to animate humans. But okay. I think that it was a much different feel to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Wally also just feels like it was a very inexper- experimental for them. Okay. You know? Going back to uh, them really uh, upping the animation, I was noticing a lot of stuff when they were actually inside um, inside the antique store where they're like in areas that haven't been cleaned or anything like they had like yeah, webs and yeah. dust and stuff and uh, even like when Woody holds up his foot and it says uh, uh, the name of the kid Bonnie, Bonnie. Um, you can see the texture on there of the plastic and I was like this is so high definition I absolutely love it it's not something that you see with the first toy or uh, toy story even the second one like they in that one you weren't so close up that you could see the tiny details like yeah one of the things that kind of Oh, this is a little nuanced thing that I appreciated is that when they were like they were in the antique store and they were um, going through like between like two shelves or whatever, and they, there was like a like a power strip with a bunch yeah, of things that, plugged yeah, into it. One. And you notice how it was all stretched and disorganized. And Dusty is like, "That's what everyone's power strip at home looks like." <laughs> I can relate to that. So, so the attention to detail is what really yeah, stuck out. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Especially in the antique store, especially as it being like old and disorganized and really then capturing a pretty accurate representation of what that looks like. And then also because you're looking at toys, you're looking at stuff much closer. Mm. So I think that a lot of the details and we talk, we're talking about a lot of textures, but I think that's because it's becomes much more noticeable in this movie. Um, And even outstanding. Even Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear, you can see that the sticker on the on his front yeah. chest it was slowly peeling off, and I was like, absolutely love that. That detail is, it's not like we needed that, but it's something to appreciate. Mm-hmm. I wanted to keep looking around while watching the movie, like see what's in the background, just see what's interesting, and even for uh, like a little Easter eggs too, because I think I pointed out to you uh, the kid that was uh, at the at the booth trying to win the toys. Mm-hmm. That was actually the kid from Monsters Inc. I think. I wouldn't be surprised. And then there was a uh, there was a character who looked very similar to Mr. Incredible as well. And the reason why I say that because like he kind of looked almost out of place, okay. you know. Um, but um, he was in just a wide shot of them. I think it was the first time they were entering the antique shop, and he was just sitting with someone under an umbrella, like eating food or whatever. And it was mm-hmm. for like two seconds. I was like, I, could, I obviously I can't rewind, but I was like, oh, what was that? Like, so I could totally be wrong about this, yeah. but off of first glance, I was like, was that Mr. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that is really noticeable about the Toy Story movies is all of their, well, I say all, most of the, the actual humans are 
very realistically proportioned, mm -hmm. uh, whereas some of the other movies is not as much. Yeah. So like uh, Al from the second movie, you know, the mom, the son, uh, and especially the parents in this one, mm -hmm. like they look like very normal people. Yeah, uh, they looked like a, like a real dad. Yeah, you said he looked like uh, what was it Link? Yeah, Link from what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also appreciate that. Uh, Pixar has a really good representation of actual normal proportional sized people. Yeah. And that sounds like a weird thing, but no one's like super skinny. Like everyone's got like actual normal mass. You yeah. know, they aren't like. Um, They're not like Barbie dolls? Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they've already got Barbie dolls in the movie. They yeah. don't need the people to look <laughs> like true. that, too. So. One thing that everyone was really skeptical about was the plot leading up to this. We saw the trailer and like, okay, what the, what are you trying to like convey here with a freaking spork with a, oh, what do you call it, um, pipe cleaner yeah. attached? And just like, what's going on here? What is and, this? And it just like felt you're like really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really because we were looking for a really good reason for us to need to see another Toy Story movie. Mm -hmm. And hate to say it, but a plastic spork with some pipe cleaner ain't gonna be a good reason. So we're just like, all right. We are already are just like we're not ready to go back into that world, yeah. Because uh, we were pretty content with it being capped off after Toy Story three. They ended it very well with Toy Story three. Yeah, I thought. and we were all satisfied. It's like, good, closing that thing. You know, we didn't even want Toy Story three, but you know what? We got it. We liked it. Okay, fine. You you win this time. You know, but that's it. Well, all the toys were literally facing death in Toy Story three, and they're all ready to die together. And you're just like, oof. This is hurting so much, and then it, you know, the ending happens and stuff. So we're like, how do you, what do you do after that? You know, how do you get another story that can match that or cap it off? I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a superhero movie in that regard, where you know there are only so many world-ending apocalypses that you can go through before you kind of have to like reassess yeah. and be like, all right, we're gonna tell a story where the stakes are more about interpersonal conflict rather than like just danger <laughs> yeah yeah like what what the place of the toys are in the world mm. I guess they kind of went into some kind of the more deeper aspects of what it's like from their perspective which I thought was really cool they they did one of those tricks where they're answering a lot of questions that you weren't asking mm. you know but since it's being proposed here like oh that is kind of good to know and this is kind of cool you know um, and then especially like this movie was definitely more about Woody than any other character you mm. know yeah because uh, most of the other toys they they didn't they, I felt like they didn't really have much that they did you know like they're mostly in the RV for the most part yeah. and even Buzz like he seemed very different from the buzz in the other movies it seemed like he was a little bit slower i guess because he was thinking about this whole inner voice thing and yeah i thought that was funny but it was like it was it felt like a bit much my problem with that is that that was buzz lightyear's like only bit like that was like yeah. his entire character oh he's got this funny bit with uh with the inner voice that's the entirety of Buzz Lightyear. So, which, yeah. I mean, normally it doesn't sound that bad, but like we're talking about, like we're, and this isn't really necessarily a bad thing, but we're so used to Buzz Lightyear being basically a co-star of Woody. Yeah. And this is the first time where I feel like Buzz really took a backseat yeah. to and, Woody. And he was, he was pretty naive and like, uh, I, I think naive is the right word in the first movie, mm -hmm. and. In the second, you know, or in sequel movies, he's like, oh, he's I better. realize yeah. 
like certain things he's like he's got it figured out like he and Woody are on the same playing like on an even playing field at that point and I feel like they dumbed him down in this one yeah Yeah. especially in the third one he was very mature in the third one and then this one he kind of just like he became became like Mr. Marine he's like I gotta do the space thing yeah well I think it's I think you know he didn't seem less mature he seemed really chill and lay back, which isn't normal for mm-hmm. him. And I think I would have been more okay with it if there was a a bigger reason for it. Yeah. You know, just like ultimately, like right when we're getting reintroduced to Buzz Lightyear, this is just how he is right now. You know, there's no really explanation of why he's more laid back and like this. You know, just it felt like he was getting old. Honestly, it felt like he was getting a little bit uh, not right in the head. Seen out. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. it's kind of weird because when you when you think about it, technically Woody's way older right. than yeah. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, I think it it's tough because you really want. I, I feel like Buzz ha- didn't get a chance to continue growing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's what it really is. Is that I feel like there wasn't any. There wasn't anything learned from him, you know? There was no room for him in the story, really, because it's mostly Woody, Forky, and Bo Peep, for the most part. And that all being said, those characters were fantastic, and I was not complaining about them having the spotlight at all. I think it's just when we're kind of accustomed to seeing some some growth between specifically these two characters, Mm -hmm. it's kind of... I kind of wasn't ready for that kind of that side of things being taken, and I'm still processing how I feel about it. Whether I think it's for the better or for the worse, mm-hmm. um, right now I'm just kind of neutral about right. it. You know, it's something worth observing. Um, yeah, um, but let's talk about like the characters that did get the spotlight. Woody obviously had a really really good story arc in this, being the main person. Um, Bo Peep for the first time actually had a significant role in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, in three, I don't think she was in three she at all. In three, no. And they actually kind of explained why she wasn't, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, in the first and second, she has minor roles, you mm-hmm. know, but never really anything significant. She's just kind She's of most, there. Mostly just love interest. Yeah. So it was really cool to see her actually have a significant part and actually be a character that we care about. Because that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is to introduce a character that we've been familiar with but not really cared about and make us care about it that's 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 uh, not an easy thing to do and they did a fantastic job with that yeah and it's interesting because up until this point we don't really have a we don't really have a reference point for toys in the wild like all the toys uh are, are that we've run into until now have either been owned by somebody or are in the store this is true. Or in the, um, like the, the daycare. The, yeah, the all daycare. the toys have the purpose. Yeah, you know there isn't someone just out like, in the wild. You know they all belong somewhere. Um, or the, but now we have toys that uh, live outside of that yeah. kind of ecosystem. Well, they they kind of touched on that in Toy Story Two with Wheezy the penguin, where he wasn't wanted anymore. Um, but it, this was. But he wasn't allowed to roam free. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true. Like you have you have to belong to something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, it sucks that, you know, a person doesn't want me, but I'm still here, and this is still my purpose, is to be here, you know? And, like, you go to a yard sale. Yeah. Like, like I think that was, what, uh, the first one? Second one. one? The second one. Um, so it's like, yeah, 
you don't belong to that family anymore, but you're going to a different family. Exactly. You're not just like... It was always transference of ownership, you know? It was right. never just like, okay, you know, are nobody's toy. Because it was either that or the trash, so... Right. Um, and it's... And that's kind of the, the theme of the movie, isn't it? It's like... Uh, and it kind of goes along with the theme of the first movie, which is, you know, being replaced. Yeah. Or being wanted, right? Um, and like belonging yeah and like what's important to the kids what's what like their responsibilities are as toys um so that's it's, it's interesting that they carried on that kind of legacy for sure well it feels like that's the biggest driving point that they have with the story to- uh, the toy story franchise is uh the relationship that the toys have with the kids that they are owned by you know like what they what their purpose is what they're supposed to be to those kids and how to help them grow i guess i think it's um it's interesting how in this movie they they really push the uh don't be like don't interact with the people you know yeah, don't, don't the interact with the real people mm, yeah. Yeah. they like really push the envelope on this one um, I, I love the freaking um, the two plushies for like yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Key and Peele. Yes. Yeah. Oh, is that with who they were? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Realize? No, I didn't realize that. I was just like, these guys are freaking hilarious, yeah, and little, it makes total sense. The chick was uh, was Key, I think. It was Keegan. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I was really <laughs> enjoying that the entire time. So I was like, I know who these act these actors are, and it's absolutely amazing. And they're just going all overboard and having a great time. And, um, and the murderous unicorn. Yeah, I was like, no, he's like, it was like, we need to put the dad in prison. Like, Dad's going what? to jail. What? <laughs> this movie was really funny. I laughed it a was lot. Hilarious. You know, and it was a lot of wholesome. There's a lot of wholesomeness in this movie. There's a little bit of stuff that adults can find funny too. Yeah, exactly. But it goes over the heads of people. For you know, and I, I'm not gonna lie. There was a lot of kids there, but I felt totally confident in going in there because, like, no, this came out like as I was being born. I'm like, I'm gonna find how this freaking story ends even if I'm being forced to watch the fourth movie in yep. theaters I don't care you can't be because it's, it's a totally different vibe for like Lego movie it's right. like oh I just really want to watch this you know it's like oh you're watching it's like no no I grew up on Toy Story you can't like take this hey, from me this is my franchise yeah. okay That's you came in when it was me. coming out <laughs> exactly um, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, the third one was so relatable while watching everyone grow up. And we're like, oh, that's me because I've grown up, you know? Yeah. This one's kind of different. We're, we're kind of like nine years past that point, you know, so we don't really have that same attachment. So I feel I felt a lot more emotional mm. in the third one. This one was a lot more easygoing, and I had a good time. There yeah. wasn't as much feels in this. It was it was way less dark. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking that, too. It's like, wow, thank it, goodness. It still started to touch a little bit on the stuff that makes me uncomfortable, which is like dolls and things mm. and oh. old places the, man- like, the mannequins were terrifying. This yeah. is coming out when, what, Annabelle is coming out too? <laughs> Something like that? So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm all set. Can't do it. Not today. And Child's Play. Oh, yeah, that's right. Child's Play came yeah. out. Was it this weekend or last weekend? One uh, of these weekends. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway. Whew. And then, speaking of like actors that we love on the film, we can't forget Keanu Reeves. Keanu so freaking Reeves, man. <laughs> I love the shout-out that he's on. I don't know if it was a testament or not, but that he's got he's on a motorbike, because if you don't know, he uh, Keanu Reeves owned his own motorcycle company, so that's a great call-out to actually him in real life. Um, he basically, he plays Canadian Evil Knievel. Yeah, which is great. What was, his, what was his name again? Captain something? Something Kaboom? Yeah. Kaboom, yeah. <sighs> I oh. love, that was a great character. 
Uh, you just said so many things, and then you like knowing the fact that it's Keanu Reeves and hearing his voice, and you're just like, it's John Wick right there in toy form. Very quickly, Keanu Reeves has really widened his portfolio because he went from being like strictly like a movie like action star and stuff but um, now with his recent and it's kind of weird because this stuff is all in the works it just happens to be coming out this year but like he became really big with John Wick 3 specifically like he's been big with John Wick but 3's really been a big pushing point then on top of that he was in was it Love Actually or no 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 that it was um, Always Be My Maybe Always Be My Maybe he played himself but like the intense uh, intense like sort of dirtbag version yeah yeah <laughs> it, it was really awesome and then you had um, which that was a movie right yeah that was a okay. Netflix movie um so yeah, he went into a Netflix movie. That was the first time for him doing that. Yeah. Um, at E3, we see that he's being involved with Cyberpunk 2077. That's a pretty big deal. That's, that's like a new emerging market is actors portraying themselves yeah. in video games. That made so many people love him even more. Oh yeah. To see like, oh wow, he's like a true nerd like all of us and seeing how wholesome he is and being like, you're breathtaking. Well, the fact that he even comes to E3, like I feel like regular celebrities don't do that. Yeah. So that's something that's really special for, you know, gaming nerds in general. Absolutely. And on top of that, now we have Toy Story with him, like, being a voice actor. And that's really cool. So that's a really cool evolution of, like, different types of projects this year. And shows how talented he is. And just every single performance he's done was fantastic. So huge props to him it's there. The best boxing day ever. <laughs> I love that. That was great. There's a lot of really good jokes in this movie. They had, I, I love the one where it's just constantly uh, Forky is just saying, hey, trash, I'm trash, you're trash, we're all trash. <laughs> or at the end, when he sees the other girl and he's and she's just like, how am I alive? He just looks straight at the camera. He's like, I don't know. And we're all just <laughs> and like, they do like, the iris close yeah. and like shifts over <laughs> to be on his lazy eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like he's talking straight to us and we're just like, yeah, we were wondering the same thing. How are you alive? I love how they answered so many questions about what it's like being a toy, but then we're still like, but how are they alive? And it's like, you'll never know. You know, and I was like, fair point. You know, <laughs> I could take that. I mean, it, it's kind of similar to like uh, the way that a lot of pantheons work in fantasy settings, where belief in a deity like manifests the deity. Mm -hmm. Like, are, are you guys familiar with this concept? Kind of. So like, so, familiar. so like people imagine hey here's this phenomena there must be some you know higher power that's orchestrating it and believing that like creates that thing and so I, I mean I don't know if that's like a good analogy well I've seen that in story like like in movies and stuff yeah. um, I I watched bedtime stories for the first time recently <laughs> and the kids would say parts of the story in the bedtime story and then it would happen the next day so it's like putting power into whatever you're talking about and then it becomes a reality sort of so I kind of get what like saying. manifesting it but like the act so supposedly the act of playing with a toy regardless of what it is instills it with like life right I think it's the act of playing with it and uh Ownership, because okay. right when she wrote down her name, it felt like it was very well, well. Because they specified with writing the name is that it didn't make you a toy; it made you like, or like her, like an important toy. It didn't like make you a toy necessarily, but I think the fact that she intentionally made a toy is what made Forky a toy. You right. know, but so so it's intention, 
but it's not ownership or and it can't really be playing with either because there were toys that were not played with that were still animated mm-hmm. um like in the toy store for example yeah. like they're all oh yeah like they've never been owned before but they were created like they were created to be toys. Yeah, like the Buzz Lightyear. Like specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so. Well, because well, because when you think about it, when when Forky was made, it was made out of pieces that had a different destiny, which is to be trash. Right. Like that. Like that's what its purpose was. It's just never been animated before. Right. So now it's got this conflicting thing where it was made to be a toy, and that's where the coming to life aspect comes in, but you combine it with a different motive where it's right. like, no, 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 I'm not made for this because it was made before, like it's just like, I'm made to be used for food and then the trash. Like it was fully aware of its purpose. Yeah. That's all it wanted, you know? So, so like the, the meaning behind it. And yeah, so, so like, the, the intention behind the creation of the thing is what gives it life or not. And so he has kind of like his his intention has been hijacked by yeah. being turned into a toy. By the kid. Well, it makes me wonder because there's a scene where Woody gets into a toy truck and then rolls away and he's using it like it's an inanimate object. So it's like, Ooh. that toy's been played with, obviously. So, like, why is that toy not alive? You know? Is it a corpse? Oh. <laughs> well, you know that zebra stuffed animal? It was a partial corpse and it was fine <laughs> afterwards. Okay. So. That's true. I saw your better your bottom. <laughs> yeah, I saw your better half outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting questions that it still brings up. I'm not asking for them to be answers, but it's really interesting. It it's great how it kind of makes you want to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know that they've kind of go into explaining this kind of world that really honestly doesn't make any sense. I'm putting into a lot of sense into it where. It feels very believable, yeah. which is really weird because it's a really weird concept. It's pretty out there. Do you guys remember uh, the shorts with uh, the toy that um, plays the drums? Mm. And I do. It plays with that the baby That was a really stuff? cool call out. Yeah, the ba- that baby shows up. Because that that was a that Pixar was a- short that wasn't one of the beginning things to a movie. That was just one of their first demo projects that they did before Toy Story. Yeah, but it, was, um, it wasn't like legitimized by being in the actual movie. Yeah, and I think that's something that Toy Story or the Pixar does uh, a couple times at least because they I don't know if he came out after uh, Toy Story 2 or before but you know the guy who plays chess against himself hmm he was also the guy who cleans up Woody in Toy Story 2 mm-hmm. right I think he oh. I think he came first and then he was in the short yeah yeah wow so I like that about Pixar those sort of like add extra things in they do yeah hmm uh, no, that's a good point. I mean, isn't there like a Pizza Planet truck that's like hidden? I think they saw that too, yeah. Somewhere. Some, yeah. Well, they had the Dynaco uh, gas station. They did. <laughs> which Dynaco is also in cars. Toy Story. Or, yeah, Cars. Yeah. Ah, okay, gotcha. Yep. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do like their, their Easter eggs. They right? do. <laughs> I love Easter eggs. They are fantastic. Mm. Well, that's all I got to say about this. What's your like one word review of all of this? One word review? Yeah. Enjoyable. That's fair. Satisfying? Satisfying, yeah. 
Because another end of a chapter that we didn't. Oh, yeah. by the way, that ending was so sad. Like that was the one part where I was a little bit emotional when Woody and Buzz were saying goodbye, and I was like, yeah. oh. and really I, clever use of the lines of "She'll be fine." Yeah, Bonnie will be fine. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Mm. I, was like, oh. I thought I thought that was really good. I think it would have been more impactful if Buzz had had a greater role to play in the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. See, that's another thing. Which you know, been, yeah. But as it was, it's like that. You know. The kids kind of take a backseat. It's like, oh, you're not really worried about them because, like, they're making toys out of trash. Like, they're gonna be okay. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's it's less about like, oh, I gotta get back because, like, she needs her toys. Yeah. Um, that you know, the kind of thing that it was in, uh, like, the first two movies. Um, so, like that, you know, obviously it's it's very sad, and uh, Bonnie is like super. Uh, broken up about not having Forky. But she's like five. Right. So, I, I don't know. I think I think it would have been, that moment specifically would have been better served if Buzz had not even necessarily like had more involved or been more involved in the story, but like had a different arc. Yeah. Like, like if it was more about Buzz and Woody's relationship. Yeah. And like in addition to Woody and Bo Peep's relationship. Um, like, if, if they'd managed to tie those three characters together more. Yeah. Uh, and, and, what, and what, you know, Woody and Buzz mean to each other, mm -hmm. it would have made the ending more, like, have more weight, I guess. Yeah, because Buzz and Woody, they're, they're basically best friends, and, you know, it's sort of like they see each other a couple times in this movie, and then they're like, all right, well, so long partner and it's like you want to have a little bit more of a connection and see how much like you've seen over the course of the three th films how much they mean to each other but it would have felt like it would have tied it up a little bit better if that was brought to fruition in this movie as well yeah mm -hmm. i think and if buzz didn't feel like kind of a placeholder character in this movie yeah yeah Overall, I thought it was really good. I think that part did leave me wanting to de a wanting desire just a little bit more from that aspect. But as far as what the movie was and what was in it, I enjoyed I enjoyed it very much. I know? feel like it's almost a better send-off than Toy Story 3 was. I agree. Because Toy Story 3 is like a send-off to Andy. Yeah. But Toy Story 4 is a send-off to Woody. Yeah, to the toys. Um, which is like the, the main... Like yeah. protagonist, you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, spoiler alert for Endgame, Avengers Endgame. It kind of reminded me of Captain America moving on and mm. finding happiness with, you know, he filled he fulfilled his uh, his role in yeah. you know modern day society. He, and f he finished his mission. Yeah, and he decided to do the, he, the thing for himself. Yeah, because I think what makes it easier for say Buzz Lightyear to go from one child to the next is that Woody he was like the main toy of Andy so mm -hmm. he was in charge of everybody make sure that everybody was right and then that's why he was kind of huh, lost with Bonnie not because he wasn't being owned but because he was looking for that purpose you know you see that like minor conflict with him and the Bonnie's main toy where they're like yeah I like I'm rounding the troops here you know like I've got it all figured out yeah and and I think that's like a, a parallel to mm, like like if if a guy doesn't have they're gonna get a little dark here but um, 
guys that don't have a job mm-hmm. tend to not do very well mentally. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of a downward spiral. No, I get that. Especially people who, like, lose a job. Like, mm. if if they lose a job, they tend to lose purpose. And so that's one of the, the themes that, you know, they're sort of tackling in this movie is, like, what do you do when the thing that you always did isn't something you can do anymore? Right. Mm-hmm. And, that, and as, like, Bo Peep was put, it was like, that's, that's your actual reason. Like, not that you didn't care about Forky, not that you didn't care about Bonnie, but it's like, you're just looking for that purpose and you don't exactly know what it is. You're just doing the best thing that you can, you yeah. know? So. This movie was Woody's midlife crisis. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Overall, I thought it was pretty wholesome. Pretty solid. Yeah. I think that Toy Story is on, the, or not Toy Story, Pixar is on the rise again. I think that they're... No, they've had a good streak. And like you said, they've been slowing down. And I think for the better, you know? What was yeah. their, like, really terrible one? Like, the dinosaur The one? good dinosaur? I never watched that It wasn't that terrible. It just wasn't anything noteworthy. So, so it was a decent movie, but a bad Pixar movie? Yes. Is that kind of yeah. how it goes? Yeah. Right. So That's fair. Pixar is kind of like Marvel in that regard. I know that well, Good Dinosaur was also a B movie as well. It wasn't one of their main projects. Okay. Yeah. Well, it didn't come out in the summer either. So. Yeah, they did it. And then the marketing wasn't great for that movie either. Mm-hmm. So. And then it's one of those movies where it's like you're supposed to not know 100% what the plot is because that's part of the story. So it's mm-hmm. good. they had a hard time actually figuring out how to market it without giving away too much. Mm-hmm. Same problem with um, one of my favorite, um, like kids movies which is Hugo mm-hmm. like if you haven't seen it so so good but it's hard because there's a lot of mystery in it and you really can't explain what the movie's about without ruining the movie right but so, if you can't explain what the movie's about no one's gonna go how it. yeah how are you gonna market it so that it, it didn't do that well in the box office but it did win some Oscars which is really great mm-hmm. um, but yeah Hugo go watch that if you haven't seen it it's probably on Hulu or Netflix or something like that probably or it used to be or it used to be it definitely used to be because uh, then I remember seeing it like oh Hugo but yeah I saw that movie like 10 years ago <laughs> it was that long ago <laughs> I've only read the book we're, we're only getting older yeah, I still can't believe Toy Story 3 was nine 10 years, years ago. Nine years. Oh, nine years ago. Yeah. It'll be 10 years next year. Uh, all right. Good well, job. stop being depressed about how old they are. Um, Let's go blow some toys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of Inconceivable. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and make sure you check out our website at geekkind.tv. And until next time, stay kind, geeks. Inconceivable!
been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.